to Nerdy 430, a half-hour show for shooting the shit and nerding out about the things we watched this week. My name is Kevin Bauer, and with me, as always, is the show's driving force, a good friend, a great comedian, it's reigning champ Tim Kak. Hey, thank you, Kevin, for one driving force to another, pun intended. I can't believe we're talking about one of my favorite movies ever, The Fast and The Furious. Don't forget the the, they're essential. Fast and Furious is a whole other movie, a reboot of this one. Oh my God, I can't, I just can't wait to talk about this. It's going to be amazing. We're both driving forces. The problem is we're in the same car, but that's not all. <laughs> like Tim said, we're talking about the Fast and the Furious today. And when it comes to 20-something speed demons living life in the fast lane, you got to call in the expert, Mr. Michael <laughs> B. Breen. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. I'm doing great. I'm uh, not the driving force, but maybe the trunk of this car. <laughs> um, Definitely the caboose. I'm going to... I'm the yeah, you know, a car's caboose. Oh my god, Breen is locked up in the trunk and he is trying to kick out the keyhole so he can wave for help to anyone behind him. <laughs> the Fast and the Furious. It came out in 2001. Let's do a little uh, quick plot recap in case you haven't seen it in 20 years or you're like me and Breen and you've never seen it ever. Uh, the Fast and Furious is a movie where Paul Walker plays a very hot undercover cop in L.A. who needs to infiltrate the illegal drag racing scene to find out who is stealing these DVD players. <laughs> <laughs> Along the way, he meets uh, Vin Diesel's Dominic Toretto and his old crew. And you know what? He falls in love with them. Just wants to be a member of the gang. Breen, what did you think of this? Having never seen it before. I mean, I could start with the, I mean, yeah, I have a million opinions. Uh, the reveal that comes in 35 minutes into the movie that he is a cop blew me away. I did not know that was part of it. And, and you learn, I started the movie and Paul Walker, my thought was, this is the worst actor alive. How do we say anything nice about him? I mean, listen, there's a lot of dead people and they're not good actors. It's okay oh to say God. he's a bad actor. Um, <laughs> but he was playing a character of a dumbass for the first 35 minutes. And the cop was not the smartest guy, but he wasn't nearly as dumb as like the surfer bro in that in that scene. Blown away by the twist, did not see it coming. And the twist was he's not a bad actor. He's a cop. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that you bring that up because it reminds me of this thing that people used to joke around about with the TV show Entourage, where everybody would talk about uh, Adrian Grenier playing Vincent Chase, the lead of that show, and how anytime they show a clip of a movie that Vincent Chase is in, it's really bad. And so it left everyone to wonder, is Vincent Chase supposed to be a bad actor or is Adrian Grenier just a bad actor? Which of the two or both of them are bad actors? With Paul Walker, I think he is a charming person playing a bad actor. I think you guys are being very generous with your critique of Paul Walker's acting. <laughs> he is a trash actor uh, in, in a beautiful vessel. I mean, those are eyes you could swim in for an eternity. I mean, those golden locks, gorgeous. I'm just melting every time he's on screen, but by far one of the worst actors I've ever seen in anything. Uh, but here's the thing about it. He's magnetic. I, we were talking about the Power Rangers last week and we kept talking about how Tommy Oliver, the green and then later the White Ranger was like the hottest, coolest human being you could be in the 1990s. I think Paul Walker is that for like the early 2000s. Tommy Oliver is a better actor than Paul Walker is. 
the guy that all of the Power Rangers on that TV show are better actors than Paul Walker are. The one thing <laughs> Paul Walker has on all of them, which carries him through the franchise, is this he's able to look at people while they're talking, specifically Dom Toretto, with his mouth slightly agape in complete awe of what this other human is saying. And he does it anytime Dom Dom talks or monologues. And it really just he in to use a wrestling term, he sells the shit out of everyone else in this movie, just like with this utter disbelief <laughs> on his face. It's his best acting tool. That and his eyes are the only thing carrying him through this movie. But you just said the Power Rangers are better. They're better actors. I think they're better well-rounded actors no. than Paul Walker is, without a doubt. Yeah. I think that is insane, but I don't know if it's worth arguing because they're all bottom of the barrel trash. Like what? Like let's argue over two good actors. Not let's not argue over who's the best of the trash. I would argue Vin Diesel is a great actor. I think he does something and I think he does something that's unique. And having not seen this movie, I realized what every kid in my middle school and high school was trying to be like. There was this behavior and I was like, what are you who are you drawing this from? Like, what do you what are you what's grounding you to be this character? And then I saw this movie and I was like, oh, they were all being Dom from Fast and the Furious. Dude, like yes. really smug, cocky, just like mostly a shit talker. Dom doesn't do a whole bunch of fighting, but he talks about it a lot and how we'll mess somebody up. That's every kid I went to high school with. And I think I'm they were amazing. copying him. Yeah. Watching this definitely was like unlocking a part of my past and realizing that there was something going on in junior high that I was completely not privy to. Everybody else has seen this. Everybody else was trying to be in this movie. and I had no idea. I have to say it's insane that neither of you guys have seen this movie. It's absolutely insane to me. I'm glad we're talking about this. Before you pitch this to me, I'm like, I don't know. We Everyone's seen these movies. It's been a while. The new one's coming out. I'm really excited for it. But the fact that you guys hadn't seen this, I think is, um, I mean, they're Breen. I also know you hate these action movies. And I, I was convinced that you would like this movie. I was like, this is going to be one of the rare times me and Breen agree on anything. Breen's going to like this movie. I mean, I think it's a very interesting story. I think the world building's really cool at the beginning because like we didn't we never saw that in movies until this. I think story wise, we're tr- almost telling the same story as like uh, what's the Leonardo DiCaprio and uh, the Gangs of New York. It's like a similar story, just not executed as well. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but like, yeah, it, it's interesting. It just it doesn't deliver in the end. But I had a good time, especially first half hour. That first street race scene. I mean, Ja Rule, who Monica in my head watching this. <laughs> so, yeah, that's incredible. I don't know if you guys do this, but every time a car has been passing me for the last week, I yell out Monica <laughs> because it's and it's really fun. And he's like, I think of Ja Rule as so like old and scary from like when I was a kid, like he was a tough guy and I watched him in this. I was like, Oh, he's like kind of adorable. He's just like a little (laughs) teddy bear who like thinks he's getting a threesome and it doesn't happen. And he just mopes around all sad. Nobody respects him. He's so little. He looks like a teddy bear. He's, um, I have different opinions of him now. (laughs) He'd hate my opinions of him now. He's like Snoop Dogg next to Martha Stewart. It's just like all of a sudden we have a different context for this guy and you see him as a gentler soul. 
That's like kind of a bold move for the early 2000s, though, when everything was like you had to be as masculine as you possibly could for him to be like, yeah, I'm going to play a dweeb named Edwin who doesn't get either girl. It's still, like, he's kind of, <laughs> but he's still a badass. He's still in this underground street racing thing. He has the potential of a threesome, which is more than most guys have going about their day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. The way that world is set up where like every beautiful woman just wants to be with a guy who can drive his car straight is so weird. And it's really fun. I love Jesse. Jesse's got to be the best character in this movie. Jesse's oh my great in this. Jesse's so fun in this. Jesse's from a different movie entirely. <laughs> I, I love that Jesse like just opens up random people's hoods throughout the movie. Nobody asked for it and just starts like screaming noises into it. Like things that I don't understand. <laughs> he just opens up a hood and he's like, you got a double fuel injector carburetor and you got it. You have no clue what he's saying. And then he just slams the hood shut and tells you if you did good or not. I, I love it. I I realized watching this movie that I ride for Leon. Uh, I don't think he's in any of the other <laughs> movies, but I love the idea that his whole character consists on like monitoring the scanners. Like all he does is check the scanners and before they go off to rob this truck at the end, Vin Diesel's like, yo, be on those scanners, Leon. And he's like, you got it. And like, all he does is sit and watch <laughs> these other people do the robbery while he's on the scanners. And then he gets one good action scene where he makes a U-turn to go get Letty after her car flips. And it's the most intense. He's got this. He's like selling the shit out of this scene of just like intense concentration. And he's working that wheel to get it around. I was like, God damn it, Leon. Where'd you go, bud? What, what are you up to now? <laughs> uh yeah he's and he comes into every scene at an 11 he just starts so hot we're, we're talking about the guy who has a beef with paul walker right from the beginning right no that's, that's another uh, dude what's that guy's name uh vince 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 comes into every scene almost screaming veins bulging out of his neck he's always I mean, build to it, dude. You can't start there. We, we've got nowhere to go with you when you come in so hot every time. That character is insane. That was uncomfortable when he was on screen. Vince is like, he brings that real world kind of uncomfortable with him where it's like, this is the guy that you're hanging out with. And, you know, after you've been friends with him for a long time, he starts getting really problematic and he's way too aggressive when he gets drunk. And it's like, oh, man, now we got this guy that's in our group and we don't want to have him around anymore. But also he is a complete and total wild card. Vince is the guy that you've known your whole life who's become a problem, but you're still friends with them. He's you just have blinders on for Vince. They've known each other since the third grade, him and Dom and Dom like just doesn't care about all these weird red flags for Vince. And Vince also has this like unwavering loyalty to Dom that kind of just builds. He's just it's just all selling for the whole movie is structured around building Vin Diesel into the coolest guy we've ever seen in our lives. And Vince being this like lapdog who like overreacts to everything is incredibly defensive and then when dom sets him straight he comes back to him with his tail between his legs and like asks for forgiveness i mean this is a modern day take on the godfather like legit he is <laughs> he is the head of this family and you better come correct 
when you're stepping up to Dom. Uh, and there were so many kids that were just like him. And I think they molded their personalities off of everybody that was in Fast and the Furious. This movie was maybe more influential than Citizen Kane as far as what it did <laughs> to a group of young men and how I mean, in a bad way, it was influential not not in the way that you'd hope, but it affected a lot of young men. And they looked at this movie and said, oh, this is my personality now. I definitely think that most of the guys that I went to junior high with, more of them saw Fast and the Furious than Citizen Kane. <laughs> so a lot oh, more yeah. of them were drawing it from here. For our generation, it's without a doubt more impactful for our generation. <laughs> As someone who's never seen Citizen Kane, I can say without a doubt Fast and Furious is a big impact on my life. Yeah. We're going to have to do Citizen Kane on one of these. Yeah. I got a question oh, yeah. for you guys. So we mentioned the first street race, which is this insane cacophony of CGI and live action and all kinds of mind bending shit. But when did you know that every single race in this movie was going to be won by someone hitting the second NOS button <laughs> on their steering wheel? <laughs> I swear to God, I have the same note. I have the same exact <laughs> thing in my notes. You just don't hit the button first. That's how you win the race. Yeah. Oh, my God. All you have to do is wait to press the NOS and you win every yeah. race. And I could I could talk about NOS for the rest of this podcast. <laughs> I I was so confused by it. I did. I looked up so much stuff about it after. It's NOS is so weird in this because one. It's nitrous oxide. It's the same stuff you get at the dentist office. This is what we're pumping through our cars. It's just branded. It's they heavily advertise in this movie. I mean, there's NOS signs on everything. When they go to the shop, there's a steel and glass case of just NOS um, <laughs> containers. It's they've clearly paid a ton for this movie. And one thing we know NOS can do is destroy your car in an instant. <laughs> Like, why would you pay for that product placement? And the craziest part is it's not flammable. Like, it's a totally made up thing. And NOS paid a ton of mo money for people to think that their product can destroy your car. Wait, are you serious? It's not flammable? It doesn't not help flammable. with racing at all? <laughs> That's, what did you hear, Tim? What? That you said that? It you said it, it doesn't help you race? It helps you race. I oh. never said that. <laughs> oh, but then a flammable. I assumed it's like flammable in the engine, right? Doesn't it? Because it it what? How does it make the car go faster? It's changing. So the the heat from the engine is separating the nitrogen from the oxygen, and the ox the extra oxygen in the oh. fuel injector is changing the pressure, so the pistons are moving faster. Wow, gotcha. So this is a legit underground racing technique. Yes, and it's still used today, and it's the only thing I know about cars now. <laughs> I could never tell you how to change a tire. I, I know exactly how NOS works. <laughs> it's ironic to me that this movie is coming after the Power Rangers week again, because the fact that everyone's hitting, the race has followed the exact same trajectory. You drive as fast as you can. You need to outpace the other person, so you hit that first NOS button. Then they're catching up, and you got nothing left to do but hit that second NOS button. <laughs> it's the exact same procedural steps as Power Rangers fighting. We try to fight the putties. We're not strong enough. We got to morph. Uh-oh, they got bigger. It's time to call in the Zords. The thing I don't get about the NOS is why would you ever enter a race without it? There's Letty races a guy at race wars 
And all she does is press Nas once and she wins. And that guy's like, what? I can't believe it. And it's like, dude, you didn't have the not. There's one rule of racing out here. Either have 900 horsepower under your hood or or a bunch of Nas. And if you're rolling up with neither, you're going to get your ass handed to you. I <laughs> I'm now well, I'm thinking about it. They were talking about race wars and how Tran had a hundred grand under the hood of his car. And all of these guys are racing for two thousand dollars a pop. So in order to make his money back, he has to race and beat at least 50 other drivers. <laughs> so like plus expenses, right? So Nas has to cost money. I'm just not convinced that this is a lucrative arrangement for anybody unless you're constantly racing for pinks or doing these multi-man races on the street. That's a when did you know? When did you know that they measured the speed of, I don't know how to phrase these when did you know questions, guys. But one thing that really bothered me was, <laughs> was <laughs> every time to tell you which car was faster, they told you how much money was under the hood. That's how you knew who was going to win or who should win. It's yeah. they just told you how much money they spent on it. It's so boring. That is like the simplest way to explain to us because you're right, because Jesse pops into the hood and he starts talking about stuff that I have no concept of. But hearing that this guy has a hundred grand under the hood of a car that quite frankly usually looks like shit. It's like all these guys are driving these these shitty looking cars in my opinion like all the cars in this movie don't do anything for me this movie's coming off the back of like gone in 60 seconds which was all about getting these like like awesome like cool like one-of-a-kind custom cars and this movie's all about pimping out the like the cheapest car you can getting the cheapest shell putting as much money under the hood as you can under it to make it as fast as you possibly can for the cheapest amount of money. It's just a completely different vibe. And the transition between Dom driving in one of these little tiny, uh, the crotch rocket equivalent of a car, and then ending up in this muscle car, I'm like, oh, this is Dom's house. When Dom's in the muscle car, I'm like, daddy's home. This is what <laughs> I want to see more of is big muscle destroying these little like Sebrings or whatever the fuck everybody's driving. Sebring. Uh, I don't know. For some, for some reason, it sounds like the name of a car. I forget what the one Brian. I don't know. They're just not. Jesse was in a Jetta. He's in like a four door. I feel Jetta. like somebody yeah. was in a oh, yeah, Honda Civic in this. Jesse was in a Jetta. Oh, I have a when did you know? When when they when Dom and Paul Walker, I'm going to call him Paul Walker. I'm never going to learn his name. Yeah. Sure. When they when they race that random Ferrari in the street, they're they're just like driving down the PCH and they raced that Ferrari. When did you know the race was over? <laughs> because it's the most awkward thing in the world. He, they drag race and then they race for a while and there's no finish line. So then after racing for a little bit, Paul Walker just pulls over into a roadside diner and that car's still behind him. Like nobody said race to the diner. It's so awkward. They're in this race and they're like, well, how do we... How do we say it's over? How do we get them out of this? Well, maybe they're hungry and they just pull over <laughs> on the side of the road mid race and we say that's a win. I got to disagree. I got to disagree with you here. That was not a sanctioned racing event. It was clearly a flex. <laughs> this was clearly a flex. It was a let me show you what I've got. They ju he just wanted to smoke him to embarrass him. It was not an official street race. No money exchanged hands. Hector wasn't there to hold the money. So it was not an officially sanctioned, sanctioned race. I, I agree with you on that. 
But like, when does the flex end? Because they're they're racing around corners for a little bit. I like if it's who can take off and accelerate faster, like the whole movie's been up to this point. Sure, that makes sense. Cut there. Then we'll see something later. But they have them race for a while. At what point are you fully embarrassed? I think that's when the when the flex is over. Once they've firmly embarrassed this guy, which is like they, they're so far ahead, they can pull into this restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> I got a when did you know? I got two that I'm curious about since you guys have never seen this movie before. First off, when did you guys know that Brian was a cop? Oh, boy. What do you mean? You said the twist was that he's a cop. It's been a long time since I've seen this. I don't remember if I reacted to that or not. Like, did you when did you think watching this movie that Brian's a cop? When he walked into the police station and was like, I'm a cop. There was no moment before there where he was hinting at it. No. And that's why I think the performance is so impressive because he he made us believe he was a bad actor when he was really just a cop. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think is what you think he was doing before then? He just wanted to get into racing. I was so annoyed by his character up until that point. I was like, yeah, why did he come out of nowhere? What's his deal? Like at least give us a lie, but he just kind of, he doesn't touch the ground in any way. He just floats through the first 30 minutes of the movie, not giving a fuck about what happens to him. He loses his car and he just like laughs about it. And then you realize later, oh, it's not really his car. He's going to get another one. It doesn't matter. But like as an audience member, you're just like, why is he so fucking weird? He acts so weird. And then there's this massive payoff that's he's an FBI agent, but also the offices are in this beautiful house in the Hollywood Hills for some reason. Does the FBI really do that, by the way? Just set up shop in like a nice house they confiscated? No. And that was a really clunky line. He's like, nice job setting up shop in the in this house you confiscated, boss. Like that's the second line we get so we can make sense of what's happening there. Here's another one I'm curious about. Having not seen this movie in a while. When did you guys know that Dom was the guy doing the heist? That the, that in fact Dom's crew was doing the heist? Mm. From the beginning. Really? Because because we don't have to make any choices if it's not Dom. It's not like it's not a good movie. We know this is a cop who has to cross this guy eventually. I'm like, he definitely did it. And especially when they're sending in this other group that might have done it. Can't be them because that's who we think it is early on. Yeah. And Dom seems like a Panasonic guy. (laughs) (laughs) He has Panasonic written all over him. I honestly, I thought there was a decent chance that they were going to reveal that Dom was also undercover. <laughs> that would be a movie. I thought, look, I would not put that past this movie. People were trying a lot of shit out in the early 2000s. The vibe was like, I the vibe I was picking up on was Paul Walker was going to overextend himself and make this accusation. And then Dom was going to reveal like, no, I've been the good guy all along. And I don't know. I, I thought this thing was happening with... um. Before I knew it was a cop, I thought Paul Walker was just like a rich kid that wanted respect. He has that line at the first race where what he really wants is respect. And to some people, that's what means the most. And I was like, oh, this guy has a huge chip on his shoulder. Do you think he meant that? I, I think I'd, I'd hope that he meant that. And I think he gets respect by letting him go at the end. That that moment felt so undeserved too but yeah as far as the respect thing goes i guess he meant it just not in the way that he thought but as a as a cop all he wants to do is get into dom's good graces like everything he's doing you're right as soon as you realize he's a cop 
It puts everything else he's been doing into perspective and all of this ass kissing and groveling he's been doing is his whole goal is to get close to Dom because Dom's either the bad guy or he knows who is. This leads me right into one of my beefs, which is the only consequence of these crimes and the reason why the FBI is like, we got to nail these guys now. All of the the urgency in the police trying to catch the people doing this is that eventually a trucker will buy a gun and use it to defend himself when he's robbed. That is all of the they start talking about how the truckers are going to take matters into their own hands. And it's all just built up <laughs> like the big obstacle that none of them can overcome is a truck driver with a two shot shotgun who has to load the car, like reload every time. And it's just like, it's, it's a cool stunt, but it's just like not enough. It we're we need like the rest of the action after that. If that had been the conclusion, I think they knew that like, that's not enough of a conclusion, but man, it's just, it's just like why this is all the urgency. This is the only reason the FBI is involved is because truckers might start shooting back. Dude. I've always said it. The only thing that can stop a bad guy with a gun is a truck driver with a gun. And then in that case, the FBI, sh- FBI shouldn't get involved at all. You should let this sort Just itself out. Let them work it out. Yeah. And you know what? It almost did sort itself out without the FBI's intervention. Yeah. That one trucker did more to stop them. <laughs> yeah. I, I also think it's a great move to not show the trucker's face, really, because it, <laughs> it doesn't matter who the trucker is. The trucker's not a character. He is just an embodiment. He's this unstoppable force it's man versus nature and nature is driving this truck (laughs) he is so much scarier when you don't see his face yeah also you'd see how scared he is that his livelihood is being threatened by these guys that you've grown to love and care about you know (laughs) like if you see this guy and you see how like terrified this truck driver is like oh my god i could die here you're like all of a sudden it's a little it's a little harder to feel empathy for dom toretto and his crew yeah. I mean, I don't feel empathy for any of these people. <laughs> I I feel nothing for any of them. I have a question for you guys, because I might have just missed it. But why does Paul Walker like like Dom? What do we see that makes him that makes him go from just wanting to do his job to we're real friends? I'd say the same reason all of us really like Dom, which is just his 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 energy. He's. He's just like very loyal. He takes care of his own. He prioritizes family. Just he's just a really good guy. And if he has your back, he's got I mean, I think I speak for all of us when I say I would die for Dom Toretto right now (laughs) Uh, tomorrow. If if they asked me to in a Fast and Furious movie, I would lay down my life for this this character. That just reminded me of something that really bothered me, which is Dom is says he does. He did two years in prison. And he's he'd rather die than go back. He did two years. The guy's like 30. Even if he goes back and does double the sentence, does four years, he's 34 years old. He could live a whole life. He'd rather die than do another short prison sentence. What are you talking about? You don't understand. Dom is a man's man. He's all about freedom, dude. He's about those those. He's about that nine seconds that he's running the quarter mile and the rest of life disappears, dude. He doesn't have to worry about the bills, doesn't have to worry about the mortgage, doesn't have to worry about all the 
problems his teams bring into him. I mean, this guy is a lion in the steel city of Los Angeles, just trying to get a little bit of freedom for a goddamn second. And for a man like that with so much integrity and honor, God, taking that freedom away would be a death sentence. He'd rather go out on his own. He'd rather go out, live in life, than be locked away for another second, Breen. God, you just don't understand. You don't know what it's like to be a real racer in the streets, Breen. (laughs) Passionate, but unconvincing. (laughs) Uh, I I got a beef. For a movie that's about speed and efficiency, I think this movie is probably like 20 minutes too long. It's 106 minutes. You can shave like I look realistically. I don't think you get a theatrical release if you're under 90. So you can shave 16 off this thing and it's a better it's a better movie. It's slowed way down in the middle. It starts like up to that pretty much up to the reveal that he's a cop pace of this movie is phenomenal it's like i'm watching it and i'm like this is going to be one of those classics like blade that's just like you can revisit this thing anytime it chugs all the way through it's great and it just really really dips by the time we get to race wars yeah can we talk about the name race wars (laughs) is the name of the event where they all race it's called race wars (laughs) i think it's a good metaphor because every driver is a different belongs to a different gang that has the same ethnicity so (laughs) it's kind of (laughs) it's kind of fitting that there's like no i don't know it's it's weird it's definitely a weird date there's definitely some things about this i mean there's some slurs in this that i don't uh care to repeat there's some things that haven't aged well but in general it's pretty okay here's one thing here's a beef that hasn't aged well to me or maybe it's just it's just an interesting observation i think you get a lot of full body shots like from the feet up of like a hot girl and that seems to be a staple of the Fast and Furious franchise is just here's a whole from the bottom up shot of a girl. Not a lot of ass in this movie. It's very like skinny <laughs> girls, big tits, no ass. And I'm like, oh, yeah, 2000 was a simpler time. 2001, we were just just no ass wasn't a thing. We didn't. There was no butts, no butts in 2000. So it's <laughs> just a lot of flat sticks with just just implants. And it's like, yeah, cool, that's fine. But nowadays, I, I mean, I'm curious to see how this unfolds. Just I just I'm predicting a lot more ass in the Fast and Furious franchise. Uh, he says the man who's seen all of them. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. I just God. don't remember. I just I just, you know, it just now this really the lack of ass stood out to me more than ha- seeing ass <laughs> in the future ones. If that makes sense. You didn't know. You don't know what you have until it's gone. Yeah, I, um, I, mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) okay, Breen, do you, um, oh, I have a beef. The scene where, is it Johnny Tran? Is that his name? Yeah. Where Johnny Tran is getting that mechanic to talk and he does that by pouring oil into his mouth. Huge beef. It doesn't seem like a practical way to do it. The Johnny Tran gets so much oil on himself with that method. It's you're hurting yourself here, man. He was covered in oil. I, if I just don't believe he's done that before. I think it's for show. <laughs> he's, it's like you're trying to impress your friends here. You have no idea what you're doing. If anybody looks stupid, it's you covered in oil. You're no longer a threat. I don't think you stole the DVD players. It was so clearly Dom because Dom would never do such a rookie move. 
It's so weird for Johnny Tran to just have all these legally purchased DVD players in his garage, too. <laughs> Why? It's revealed that he has all these DVD players that Paul Walker thought were stolen. Turns out they were purchased legally. Why? Is he? Is there an aftermarket for these where he's selling them? Oh, yeah, that's his legit business. I don't, yeah, that goes unexplained um, because they didn't care. I got a thief. Uh, my thief for this movie that stole the show is wads of cash. Everybody had these wads of cash. I think like as a production secret, I can't verify this, but I think maybe they made like they had prop designers make like two wads of cash and then everybody was flashing the same wads of cash throughout this movie because they all looked identical. But um, just people are walking around were made to think what that's like two thousand dollars in hundreds. I don't think that wad would be that big. It's always two thousand dollars, and it's always a fat it's stack. Always rolled up. Ooh, I think I'm I'm a big fan of the like just the hamburger style, just a fold. Because Letty holds up a fold, and it's like that looks like a lot, and then the other dude holds up a roll, and it just doesn't look mm-hmm. as fat. So, just my advice to anybody out there trying to hold up a fat wad to intimidate someone at a race, just hamburger <laughs> style, you know, just hamburger style. Don't make a burrito. <laughs> Don't make a hot dog. Just straight hamburger. That thing. I'm hot dog styling it every day. <laughs> Just a long fold. (laughs) Uh, I think that's great advice. Here's my thief is the backyard grill scene where they're all hanging out and Jesse reaches for the chicken and and Dom says, you reached first. You got to say grace. Uh, Vince comes back with his tail in between his legs like I got to eat. He sits down. The whole family's there. This is single scene is the foundation of the entire fast and furious franchise. Uh, I'm excited for you guys to see more of this. This is the entire movie. It's the entire reason we care about these guys at all. It's what makes Dom the best character. We don't get eight of these movies. If they don't crush this cookout scene, after it it's it's the most impactful scene in any of the movies uh in this series i'm just telling i'm telling you it's true it's the best (laughs) i did like that scene i did um like it more than the others it was um i believe that they built the franchise off of that (laughs) (laughs) okay should we uh wrap this up with some reckless speculation as somebody who's seen all these movies loves them you guys have not. Breen, we asked you to watch this first movie. You loved it. Said your favorite movie. <laughs> You're also going to be invited back for the eighth movie in the Fast and Furious franchise, having not watched any of the others in between. I'd love for you to recklessly speculate on what you think the eighth movie in the Fast and Furious franchise is going to be about. Great. I'm going to ask for a tiny bit of context because I'm doing this off the top of my head right now. But how long has what, what was Paul Walker's last movie? The seventh one, I believe. Okay. Okay. So I think Dom is in a diner and a bunch of shit has happened in his life that I haven't kept up on because I'm jumping to the eighth movie and he orders a tuna sandwich, no crusts. (laughs) 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 Just he does that out of respect for the character named Paul Walker and things are okay maybe he's back in jail or he's just he's done right he's 
he's always, I can imagine every one of these movies starts with he's done. He doesn't do whatever he does anymore. Um, I know from seeing trailers of this movie that cars are maybe a part of it, but also <laughs> he is a superhero now. I don't know if it happens in this movie, but something he, he gets into some kind of radioactive waste and he is a full blown superhero that may be hired by the government. And I think he, he probably still has to steal a, no, it wouldn't be a car. It would be like this time we're stealing a plane or something or like a military jet or something like that. They're definitely like it's heisty still. Right. But the stakes are massive. If you don't get this thing, America will explode. Something like that. We're going to go real big. And the rock is going to go back and forth between being a friend and an enemy the whole time. <laughs> and then I think, I think they win, but somebody dies. <laughs> uh, I'm oh, going to say, uh, I'm not going to tell you how accurate you are, but I'm excited to replay that clip during our next episode reviewing movie eight. Any final thoughts? My, my overall thought for the movie is just, this was like a really fun movie that was a little bit too long. Oh my God. I couldn't disagree more with the last part. I wanted more, and I get more. I got more in the form of other movies, but um, I just I love I, I think I thought the pace of this movie was exceptional. I think it, you're right. It does dip a little bit in the middle, but the beginning, the first half of the movie or the first third of the movie and the last third of the movie are like nonstop action or just nonstop stuff's happening. So many fast scenes. I mean, the pace of this movie, guys, it's fast and furious. <laughs> It kind of is. Uh, okay, I agree I'll, with I'll Kevin. do a late breaking it, beef. <laughs> yeah, oh, sorry, breaking beefs. No, I was just saying I agree with you. So please support our our side of the argument. I think you'll support this too, then, Breen. Late breaking beef. We in the first street race get that insane like CGI. It looks like they're going warp speed. It looks like every time you're in a spaceship in a sci-fi movie and they hit the warp speed button, that's the only time we get it in the movie. We don't get it in any of the, like, you don't save any of that for the climax. You don't save any of that for the event that forms like the, the beginning of the third act called race wars. Nobody in race wars <laughs> yeah. gets to go warp speed. Where did it race go? Wars was, race wars was so disappointing. It it flew by. Barely anything happened there. We saw two races. None of none of our main characters were in those races. It race war was very disappointing to me. And yeah, you're right. The they spent they blew the whole budget on that first racing scene, and it just it's not as good after that. They do a weird like distortion thing in the final race. I think they're really trying to make it seem like everything's different. They're not doing the whole zoom thing, but they're doing this kind of like drug induced looking like blurring of Dom Toretto and Paul Walker in their cars, like time slowing down and they're looking at each other like they are doing oh, different yeah. things in each of those races to make it seem like something's going on. But you're right. The first race is like they're in a spaceship flying through whatever light speed travel is it's i mean it's crazy it's also crazy that all of these scenes and this is like a recurring theme in the fast and furious too is just that these scenes that take nine seconds in the movie take minutes and it's <laughs> they slow everything down they really like blow it all out i mean it's cool and if you like that i mean get ready it's gonna be great let's wrap it up there guy uh breen 
thank you so much for joining us. I I genuinely can't wait for you to see the eighth movie. I'm glad you love this movie. I'm glad it's one of your favorites of all time. <laughs> and I uh, can't wait to have you back in a few weeks, bud. I really appreciate you guys having me on. I'm really excited to. I can't listen to the episodes in between, though. I'll listen to them after. I just realized, like, yeah, I can't I can't see what's going on. So wait, I'm not. Yeah, I'll see you guys in eight weeks. Is that how this is going to work? Yeah. Yeah. A little less right. maybe with our, with our movie set up. You got anything to plug, Breen? You know what? I think I'm going to keep those under my belt for right now, Tim. Guys, really? stay tuned. Stay tuned. Follow me on my journey. Uh, <laughs> and... And you'll be rewarded. Uh, that's my plug. Follow me on my journey. I personally know Breen's going to have something to plug uh, on the next episode. So that'll be exciting. Uh, Kevin, what's up? <laughs> Hanging in there, man. Got a vacation on the books. Going to Miami in June. Looking forward to that. Whoa, so Miami. If you're in Miami. Nice. Uh, watch out. I'm going to be there uh, <laughs> for like two nights. Nice. Guys, I'm going to plug... I guess this podcast, you know, what would make me very happy is if anyone listening would leave us a little uh, little five stars on Apple. You can leave a little comment. If you leave a funny comment, I will uh, read it on this podcast. How about that? That'd be fun. Crush it. Five stars, five stars. Share it with your friends, whatever. We're uh, excited to talk about this stuff. And if you like it, we'd love to uh, get more listeners on here. So that's very cool. Green, thanks for joining us. That's Fast and Furious, gang. Thanks for having me. Kevin, do we have a cool sign off? Um, should we do what's one of the sign offs they have in this movie? The catchphrases are like live my life a uh, quarter mile at a time. Um, can I say right now my favorite line in this whole thing that I think about constantly is Dom Toretto turning to Vince and saying, You embarrass me. I <laughs> I love that. It's the most important thing in this movie. I, I think about it once a week, no joke. I want us to do that to somebody so bad. I like when Dom stares at his dad's car and then says he like about to cry. He says it scares the shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I thought that was amazing. Uh, uh, that's such like a tough guy thing is like somehow when you're being like the ultra tough guy, the thing that actually makes you seem a little bit more tough is when you show just a little bit of vulnerability over a hunk of metal. Over a fucking car is when you're vulnerable. You have a girlfriend. You have family. You have friends. Show that to them. Not not a car. The only thing he's afraid of is a 900 horsepower machine. That's empowering. Human problems <laughs> don't bother him. The demon in his heart and in this machine is what's chasing him. Uh, now that's an ending. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.